0: Praise God. Thank you, musicians and singers. Appreciate everyone coming to church today. i got a few calls this week asking if church is on. Church is on, 100%. Church will be on until you hear otherwise. And I appreciate everyone practicing their social distancing. Uh, like I said, if you're family, you could sit together. That's fine. If you're not family, just leave us a spare seat in between. It'll be, just be nice. If you are family and you don't want to sit next to your family, you could just tell them, listen, social distancing, look, we've got to do the right thing by the government. That's a good way to get out now while you can. <laughs> Amen. Just a note, if you're feeling sick, um, it, it's okay you don't have to, don't 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 come um, but then get the balance right you know people I woke up I've got a headache I'm not gonna come for three months like to get that that balance right but be in touch with us stay accountable and I believe God praise God Chris Damien and I didn't get the virus hallelujah this week thank you for those praying for us in isolation sucks man I'm telling you like I was living in the garage at a single boy's house again. It was boring, man, <laughs> and nothing to do. Um, and so, one night, I was so bored on Wednesday night you know and I was losing my mind. So, about two o'clock in the morning, I tried. I couldn't sleep, and so I wrote this sermon. So, if I, anything in this sermon is, doesn't make sense, I, I blame it on the isolation. Um, if not, hopefully the Lord will speak to us. Amen. If you have your Bible, was going to turn to Second Corinthians chapter twelve. Second Corinthians chapter twelve is going to start reading in verse seven. About two months ago, I started doing weights. Can you tell? And uh, doing a, um, I got Licky to come over to help me out, show me what some, what to do. And so uh, I was doing the uh, shoulder press. I was like, I'm gonna get massive shoulders. I'm gonna be massive, it's gonna be great. Doing a shoulder press, but um, there was a problem. I, I thought I was strong. <laughs> I'm not strong. Uh, so I I did it and Something in my chest and in my back, a muscle in my chest from, from the front of my chest to the two, uh, these two bones in my back here just uh, contracted immediately. I couldn't breathe at that point. Um, and so it was very awkward carrying this weight that wasn't heavy, but it was because I'm, I'm not strong. And so at that point, I'm like froze. I put it down. I stretched a little bit. It stopped and I was like, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. Then I went later on, sat on the couch. This is a Wednesday afternoon. I'm just going over my sermon. It's about 2.30 and I go to stand up. And it, and it seizes again but it's much worse this time and I can't get off the couch like I'm literally stuck like this and I can't get up and Beck's laughing at me she's having a great time she's probably recording it and you know sending it to all of her friends and what but for about 45 minutes I couldn't get up I couldn't I, I didn't think I was going to preach that night like i, I I thought my life was over. I was like, am I really that weak? I, could, I didn't realize I was that bad. But the reason why I thought I was strong, and I started to do something that was too heavy for me, and I hurt myself. The reason I tell you that story, because many times as Christians, we can believe that we're strong, and we start doing things, and then we end up hurting ourselves, not realizing how weak we actually are. And so today, I want to give you a secret to strength. There is a key to strength. There's an entryway to get strength in life. How many here you want to be stronger Christian? You say amen. I'm going to preach this morning on the key to strength uh, from 2 Corinthians to verse, uh, chapter 12. We're going to start reading and verse 7 down to verse 10. I believe the Lord's going to help you all this morning. The Bible says, Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, this is Paul speaking. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord uh, three times that it might depart from me. God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Let's pray before we start. God, we're grateful for your Word. I'm grateful, Lord, that we can have strength in life, God, that we don't have to go day by day not knowing if we're going to make it. Lord, we put our hope in you, our trust in you, Lord, I pray. Bring deliverance. Let the Holy Ghost fill our hearts. Those that don't know you this morning, draw them closer, God. Save their soul in these precious last days. God, we give you all the glory for what you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody says, Amen. Look at the key to strength. Let's look firstly at the revelation of weakness. The revelation of weakness. We live in a generation that looks down on people that are weak. If you're weak, if you're struggling, we look down on you. And many people spend their whole lives trying to be strong when they're actually weak. They spend all their effort trying to look good, be good enough, act good enough, act smart enough, be more than enough, mighty enough. But the problem is we are weak. And that's the revelation that you must grasp. Everyone is weak. None of us are enough by ourselves. You will be smoking some pretty pretty serious stuff to think that you can handle life by yourself. Like serious stuff that I haven't even heard of. Like Everything in the New Testament that God requires of us is impossible through our natural abilities. One of the prayers I pray constantly is that God, I have zero confidence in who I am. I have zero confidence in my human abilities, in my strength, in my talents. I can't do this by myself. Because left to myself, I, I, there is no power in Daniel Stephan. There is nothing that I can do to change anything, anyone, any situation. I can't do it. Still to this day, before I preach, I say, God, if you do not do something in this sermon, we are all in a lot of trouble. Especially me, because they're going to start throwing stones and tomatoes and stuff, Like, right? We really need God to do something because I can't change one circumstance. I can't do anything. A great human example of weakness is found in Mark 4. Jesus and his disciples are in a storm. And Jesus is asleep downstairs and everyone's freaking out. Sort of sounds like the world we're living in. Everyone is freaking out. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. How are we going to get through this? and finally they call out to Jesus and they, they get upset at Jesus what don't you care about us god don't you care that we're going to die this is Jesus who left heaven for us you know like don't you care cuz that's what scared people do they they think people don't care and then mark and we know he says a word he calms the storm and he says in mark 4:41 and they feared exceedingly this is the disciples and said to one another who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him now does that show how weak we are in a storm there is nothing they can do and these are the best fishermen in the world but they are hopeless in a storm we can't stop storm we can't stop waves and wind like can you imagine going out there wave stop Have I ever tried that before is that is that utter stupidity in the highest right? Stop. Wind, we need you to stop right now. We have no power. We have no control. We are completely weak when it comes to these situations. And we know that that's stupid. Of course, we can't stop wind and we can't stop waves. So why do you try and stop situations in your life by yourself? So when there's a storm in life, what do we do? Well, I need to do this. Well, how's that going to work out? If we can't stop physical storms, why do you think we can stop spiritual storms? And we live frustrated lives, right? I need to change this. I need to make a move. This needs to happen. And me, 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 and we focus on us. But the problem is we're weak and we don't have enough strength to do that. We can't change any situation. We can't change anything. Now in saying that, establishing our weakness, and I'll get to that more in just a moment, but you can't use weakness. Now there's the other end because I have to show extreme measures. Some people think they can do everything, but they can't. But then there's some people that think, I'm weak, so I, can do no- I don't have to do anything. You can't use weakness as an excuse not to do what God's called you to do. This is a great quote, and I hope that you remember this for the rest of your life. A.W. Tozer says this, God is looking for those with who He can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. Let me read that again. I'll read it off the screen. Don't the media team do a great job with the screen, like the words and stuff? Makes my sermon so much better. I appreciate that. Thank you. God is looking for those with who he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. This is true of life. God calls us to do things and we say those famous four words. What are those four words? I can't do it. If I had a dollar for every time someone said, I can't do it, we would have bought half of Auckland's property by now. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so we use that, I can't do it. Like, you know, in graveyard, when you put a 10 down, that's like, I can't do it. So we put a 10 down and it blows up everything. And then you can put the smallest card down, your weakest card down, right? So we use that, I can't do it. So therefore I can give the the minimal, the, the least amount of effort to God. Hey, I can't do it. I'm weak. Like it's an excuse not to do anything for God. Turn to the person next to you, say, you're really weak. You were scared to do that. Wow, everyone was so scared. Of course we can't do it. We are made to be weak. God knows who we are. We are all weak. Everyone say, I'm weak. It will help you, man. It will deliver you. It will get you through. Don't worry, we? we're going somewhere here. All through the Bible, the number one excuse for people to live in rebellion to God is this. I can't do it. I can't do it. Hey, so I'll do nothing. Actually, I can sin, but I can't serve. <laughs> Don't get me started. Jeremiah, God told him to do this. And he says, I'm a youth. I can't do it. Moses, go deliver God's people. I can't do it. I can't talk properly. Gideon, we looked at him a few weeks back as our part of our God of miracles. And it's good to see that, that board filling up. He says, my, my, my family, and my clan, and my group, we are the weakest. We are the weakest church in all of Manasseh, he basically says. I'm the, I can't do it. I'm too weak. Joseph, Pharaoh asked him to interpret a dream. And this is what he says. Genesis 41, 15 and 16. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and there's no one here to tell me what it means. But I've heard that you hear about a dream and you can interpret. Joseph said, It is beyond my power to do this. It's beyond my power. And life is full of moments beyond our power. Beyond our power. But all these men, you all know of these men, all these men did something for God. So yes, what God calls us to do is above us because anything God calls us to do is above us because we are all weak. But that is not an excuse to not do anything for God. Based on whether we are weak or not, then we just, none of us will do anything. And we'll just not come to church, not serve God. No, I'm weak. I'm weak. That doesn't work. Word weakness means without strength or a state of incapacity. Incapable inadequate, inefficient to do what God's called us to do and this word, I like the word more here inadequate, means lacking the quality required, insufficient for a purpose and all of us fall into this category. God will call us to do things and we say God I'm inadequate, I am lacking the quality required to do this, I am insufficient for this purpose and that's me right there. When I got asked to become marriage director, you know, before our conference in Melbourne, like the rumors start swirling, like in August, who's going to get sent out, who's going to be the next marriage director and all this sort of stuff. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. Not one person thought I was going to do it. Not one. So when they announced me, everyone was like, yeah, what? Really? really? I had no clue. My pastor spoke to me in the office about some other things in the week of conference. And then he says, oh, I also want you to become marriage director. I was like, me like are you, are you sure like it was such a shift it wasn't oh yeah he's the next one up and coming there was another guy up and coming and he didn't get it and can I just add to that that guy that was up and coming that had all the ability and he thinks he's so strong just this week left church so are you strong or are you weak ever felt inadequate spiritually I can't do it 2 Corinthians 2.16 Who is sufficient for these things? Paul's saying, God, I need to save all these people. How can I do this? Paul saying, I don't have what it takes. 2 Corinthians 3.5 Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves. He goes, not that we have enough to give from ourselves. We've got nothing to give. There's nothing inside of me here. We're all weak and we live in an illusion of control. People think that they're actually in control of their lives. And, uh, you know, this is, what, what, this is why people are freaking out so much today. This is why people are buying so much toilet paper and all this sort of stuff. Because they have the illusion that they are in control. We are not in control. We can't stop a cold. The cold is literally shutting down the earth. We have no control. We are not in control and we'll never be in control. But we need to get this revelation that we are weak. So let's look secondly. That's firstly the revelation of weakness. Let's look secondly at the revelation through weakness. Now we're really going to get to where we're at today. So I hope I've established that you understand that we are all weak here in this place. Do you agree with that? Say amen. All right. Perfect. So people say, this is what they say. I feel weak, so I feel like quitting. I feel weak, so I feel like stopping or pulling back or not moving forward. Because I feel weak. That's a very odd phrase. I'm weak, so I'm going to stop. Can I say the issue is not weakness. It is not weakness. People are, I'm too weak, pastor. I can't do it. I'm too weak. No. Your issue is, is that you think you're too strong. Your issue is, is that you are depending on you, not God. And that's the revelation that comes here. Our issue is we think, I can do this or I can't do this. When you are weak, this is what it means to be weak. That means that, that you are so desperate for God that if you do not have God in your life this week, you won't even make it through the week. W-E-E-K. How many people are actually weak that are so desperate for God that every day, God, I need you, Lord. If I don't have you in my life, there is I can't make it through. Not many people live like that. People live like they can handle it. And then once they're doing their weights for God, then they hurt themselves and say, I was too weak. I don't have what it takes. No, no. The problem is you were trying to do something you were never supposed to do. You are not supposed to do it. Our weakness should be drawing us to God. And weakness is not a bad thing. When you realize how weak you are, it should realize, "I I need God should make you desperate for God. Our problem in today's generation, especially in this lukewarm society that we live in, is that we think we can do it. I've got what it takes. I'll never backslide. I've got this Christian thing sorted out. How many times do I need to go to church? I don't really need it. I can handle it pray how many times every day I don't need to pray every day because I got this right the the problem with the Christian world is not weakness it's the illusion of strength that we think that we're strong that was the last days church in Revelation it says you you say that you're rich but you're poor you think I've got it down but you haven't got anything down Realizing our weakness, really getting this revelation of weakness is one of the greatest blessings we will ever receive. When you realize how weak you are, everything in life changes. Because when we are weak, it draws us closer to God. How many of you have gone through a tough time in life? What sort of things did you do? You cry out to God, right? God, I need you. God, I'm really this area. I have no control in. It is out of control. The times in my life where I've been most, most desperate for God is, is when I've been discouraged, when I've been down and out, when I've been wounded, when I've been hurt, when my heart's been betrayed, and when I feel the weakest. Those are the times where I reach out to God the most. I say, God, I am so desperate, and I'm so uh, needy for you. God, I'm so weak. I can't do this without you. I wonder how many people in the last week or so have called out to God because of the coronavirus. God, I, I need you to protect my family. God I need you to protect my workplace I bet even atheists prayed this week because we can't stop a cold we can't do anything there's a quote that says there's no atheists in war and I like that quote because when there's no war everyone's like I don't need God I don't need God when there's bombs going off we all need God we all believe in God because when you're on the verge of death, when, when there's no certainty, then all of a sudden, God, I need you. I need you, God. Let's be honest. The times we pray the least is when. When our health is good. When our finances are good. When church is good. Friends are good. Why pray? We're good. And it's the illusion strength. We are not strong. We are weak. And it's our weakness that can call on God for His strength. Spurgeon has got a great quote. He says, Anything is a blessing which makes us pray. Yes, we may be lax in prayer when all things flow with even current, but we multiply prayers when trials increase. It's a great quote. Isn't it true? When, when the trials, when the storms are sort of raging, oh Lord, I need, I need God right now. I need God to move. I saw Pastor Cox after September 11 in America he says his church was full to the back because when you realize that you're weak man I, I need we need God we need church we need God to move when all problems are coming when terrorists are coming when we don't feel safe when we don't feel secure when we don't feel certain Jesus I need you please God help me but when everything's good hey hey, 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 I can pray at home I was watching the news this week and this lady said don't go to church just pray at home God hears your prayers at home I felt like I'm not really a get like for violence, you know, but at that point, like, I was like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. At this point is the time where we should be gathering the most and calling on each other. So our weakness, this is the point of weakness, is to draw us towards God. That's the point of getting a revelation of your weakness. He's saying, God, I need you. Verse seven, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. I I love, this is a great scripture. You know, we like quotes. I've put up a few quotes this morning. Paul quoted two thirds of the New Testament, right? If anyone had quotes, it's Paul. And he says, lest I should be exalted above measure by my abundance of revelation. If anyone had an abundance of revelation, it was Paul. So God, God helped me. Do you know what God did? God gave me a thorn in the flesh. It was given to me. A messenger from Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Another translation says to keep me from being proud. So when I was doing really well, God says, you know what? Yeah, you're the greatest apostle to ever live, but you're going to get really prideful if you have no bad problems. He's a thorn in the flesh. Now, we don't know what it is. Some people say it was a person. Some people say because he had, um, uh, they say, Paul. Uh, Probably didn't speak well. He probably had epileptic fits. There's all sorts of things that that, that say, but it doesn't matter what it was. says he had a problem and it's to stop him from being proud because humble humble people draw near to God. Humble people say, I don't have what it takes. I need God. And so he says this, what's God's answer? So he says, God, I need you. Take this away in verse nine. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. He says, God, take this pain away from me. God says, no, I'm enough. I love that. Grace is sufficient. The word grace, we know it's, a, it's spiritual empowerment. It's an unmerited give. It's favor from God, a blessing from God. It's a power and a strength that we don't have. And God is saying, I have enough power for you to get through what you're going through. Because we pray, God, get me out of this circumstance. God says, no, you just need me in your circumstance and you can do it. We just need God to come through for us and this word sufficient he goes my grace is sufficient means more than enough to be adequate for what you need and God's grace God's power is enough for us that's why we sing songs like Christ is enough everything I need is in you everything we even repeat the line and we bring it up a bit everything I need because we're trying to make a point here that God, you have enough to meet my situations in life. I am weak, God. I can't change anything. But God, the grace that you give me, I can make it through any situation. There's a quote here. Have you ever heard this? I've probably used it before. Sorry if I have. There's a quote that says, God won't you put God won't put you through anything that you can't handle. Heard that quote? <laughs> There's a big load of rubbish if I've ever heard it in, my, in my life. God won't put you something you can't handle? What can you handle? I go through things all the time that I can't handle. What, what can you handle? Can you handle the coronavirus? Can't handle a cold. Can you handle it when people pass away? Can you handle that? Can you handle it when people betray you? Can you, can you handle that? Because I can't. Maybe you're strong. What can you handle? It sounds good, but it's wrong. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. Impossible. But with God, all things are possible. There's things that we can't handle by ourselves, 100%. But with God, we can stand against an army. There is nothing that we can't handle with God. And I think we focus on ourselves too much instead of focusing on God's strength. We focus on our weakness. And, but I can't and this me and this is only so far that I can go. If you get that revelation that you can't go anywhere, then you can understand that you could do anything because it's God instead of saying I could do this but I can't do that no no we could do nothing without God Luke uh, 11 uh, sorry 13 11 gives us an example of things that we can't do and behold there was a woman who had the spirit of infirmity 18 years she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up also oh, this woman had this problem with her back and so she was bent over for 18 years and she'd be walking like this for 18 years And she goes around, she's trying to find a way to get through. She can't, she can't, she can't, she can't. Finally, she goes to Jesus and with one touch of Jesus Christ, she's completely healed. Because God can do things that you can't do. And once you get that revelation, you'll stop making excuses why you can't serve God. Why you can't do it. Because you're depending on your own strength, not God's strength. And can I just, while while we're on, let me add this. You know, some people, do you know why they'll never be useful to God? because they think they're strong enough. They think they can handle it. And so God wants to do things in your life, but he can't because you think you're strong. But that really shows how weak we really are. We think we can do it. We trust in ourselves. We trust in our abilities. We trust in our strength in our wisdom or in our power. Someone said wisdom is not a hindrance to power, but a means for power the weaker we realize who we are, when we realize how bad and how we've got nothing, then it will draw us to God's strength and say, God, I, I need you to move. I don't trust in my abilities in my words and my talents and all my wisdom. I don't trust in my money. I don't trust in my health. I don't trust in my situation. Maybe there's people here right now, you're facing a situation too big for you. Can I, can I encourage you to, and just remind you that every situation you face is too big for you but we have someone who knows all of, our, all of our problems and he knows all the answers and his name is Jesus Christ. And You say, amen. Maybe God's calling you to do something and you say, but I can't do that. That's too big for me. Awesome. Now you realize that you need God. God's not going to call you to do things that you can do by yourself. Then why would we need God? But you must get that revelation that I am weak, but that should lead you to calling on God even more. Don't just call on God in the bad times because we're always bad we're always weak we need to be calling on God every single day amen not just when when we have a bad day or when we, something's happening with our job or we get sick or there's a problem and can I call out if you're back here today can I ask you who are you going to call out who's who's going to answer your prayer when you're when you're when you need God what demon in hell is going to answer your prayer who are you going to call because you can't call to Jesus you've rejected him. So which demon is gonna deliver you from your chains? Which demon is gonna give you strength to get through? Who are you gonna call on? brings a different meaning to backsliding, doesn't it? That you reject God's strength. Because when I'm weak, I can call on God. And every Christian here, when you realize your weakness, that's when you can call on God. But if you're too strong to call on God, you will never, ever make it. And that's the, the revelation I hope you get. Let's close with a regeneration of weakness. The Bible says in Isaiah, when King Uzziah died, it says that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. Uzziah was a very proud king. And when our pride dies, after that, we can start to see the true king of kings and Lord of lords. The problem, once our pride is gone, then man, I could see Jesus lifted up. Because pride blocks our vision of God. It blocks our focus of God. But when we are so needy and desperate for God, then we realize, oh, I can see God now. And God can come through in every situation. At the moment, we need to move buildings. And we, uh, at the end of July, we need to move buildings. People go, hey, Pastor, you're worried? You're worried about moving buildings? I'm not worried at all. Like, to be honest, let, I'll just be straight up. I, I'm not worried at all. God got us this building by miracle. God got us our last building by a miracle and God got us the other building Three, three literally three buildings the first building we went to they said it was taken then the week after they said the Tongan church was called said they're moving out you can move in that's how we got that building the next building they, uh, they offered a price way too much I offered them $20,000 less and they said yes they uh, came to this building uh, they, I offered them $120,000 less and they said yes so I'm not stressed about buildings I'm not trusting in, am my negotiation skills good enough to get us a building? What am I going to do? I'm not going to go take a real estate course. Like I'm not worried. But I give my best knowing that God is enough. Being weak is not an excuse. I'll just, give, I'll just give my least amount of effort and ask God to bless it. No, no, no. David already knew how to throw a stone when he defeated Goliath. But his, his confidence wasn't in his, in his ability. It was in God's power. His confidence wasn't in his sling. It was in his saviour. So what that means is that you give your best, but your confidence is still in God. It is not, I'll just give a, I'll just give a weak effort and ask God to bless it. God doesn't bless, bless that. I don't get up here and be like, hmm, what am I going to preach this morning? Oh Lord, anoint my no study and anoint my laziness in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? But then some people live their life. Oh God, help me. Well, Why should God, you haven't done anything, Right? So our weakness should push us to give even more strength or more power and more effort into what God calls us to do. It shouldn't pull us away. It should be like, oh, I better get doing something because I need God to move. I need to give my all to this. Paul was regenerated with power once he realized where his power came from. Verse 9, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness. How many of you want perfect strength? Say amen. That comes when you realize your weakness before God. When you realize how weak we are and that we have nothing to give to God. Those are the people that get the most and perfect strength from God. He says, therefore, most gladly, Paul's not even trying to pretend that he's strong. He says, yeah, I'm proud. I'm not strong, man. I'll boast in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities. Now that's a different, that's, that's, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? My infirmities, that means sicknesses. He goes, when I'm sick, I take pleasure in it. Why? Because he goes, I know when I'm at my weakest point, that's where God comes down and that's where I depend on God the most. How do I say this? Paul, Paul needed a thorn in the flesh to keep him from being prideful. And maybe God's doing that to you now to stop you from being prideful. If the greatest apostle to ever live needed some problems to stop him from being prideful and make sure he continue to serve God. Maybe that's what God's doing with us sometimes. He's purposely making life uncomfortable so we don't get comfortable. And one of my prayers is, God, comfort the afflicted in church. That means if they're hurting, comfort them. But I pray, afflict the comfortable. That means if they're sitting comfortably, God, poke them, prick them, prod them, whatever P word I can think of, make them sit so uncomfortable in church that they can't wait for the altar call. And they can't wait to get their heart right with you. The weaker you think you are, the stronger you actually are. And the stronger you are, the weaker you really are. It's, it's a, it's a it's an oxymoron, man. When you realize that you're weak, that's when you can actually become strong and do something for God. But if you think you can do it, you, you are barred from the plans of God. is growing up and he's becoming a lot more independent. He starts telling me what to do now. And so we're going to have to sort that out very, very quickly. But one of the ways that you see, you notice growth in children is when they're more independent, right? When the, the greater their independence, it's the greater their maturity. The more they can start doing things by themselves, they can start eating by themselves, they can walk by themselves, they can play by themselves, they, could, they can do things. The more that they can do it by themselves, there's a greater uh, maturity level. But can I say in, in Christian walk, it's the opposite. The more dependent you are on God, is actually the more mature you are. And the more independent you are from God, is actually the more immature we are. So it's the opposite of children. As they grow, they get more mature, they get more dependent, independent, sorry. They don't need they don't need you to do as much for them, and that's a sign of maturity. But the opposite is true in Christianity. The more that you depend on God shows actually how mature that you are and how much you've grown and how much you've come. Because people could go weeks and months without praying that's why it's a new convert that comes to in time that, that, that growth but if you've been saved for a number of years now like we sang I, I chose these songs this morning on purpose you are my strength strength like no other you are my hope hope like no other and it reaches to me you lift me up we sang, Jesus, I need you. Every moment I need you. Can I ask you, how often do you actually say that through the week? How often do you get up in the morning and say, Jesus, I need you, man? I need you, God. was the last time you fell on your knees before the lord say god i need you i need you god you are my strength you are my strength i've got a lot more i've gone over time i pray that you live a weak life I pray that you never get too strong that you can start doing this Christian thing without Christ I pray that you never depend on your ability to speak your ability to go through the motions to dress up to come to church to act like a Christian I, I pray that you stay weak so that the power of God can fall upon you and the weakest people in, in all of history spiritually are those that did the greatest things pastor Mitchell has said every single time this is not a work of man this is a work of God because we're too weak to do this by ourselves my call this morning and the key to strength is having a church full of weak people desperate for God to move and this really is the key to strength amen let's bow our heads let's pray